It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This episode of the A-List Podcast is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Welcome to another edition of the A-List Podcast. I'm your host, Ashra Blakely, joined by Kwani A. Lunas. And hey, look at here. We got, we got, guess who's back? Cal Covey himself, (laughs) Gary Washburn of the Boston Globe. What's up, G? What's up, people? (laughs) What sweater are you wearing? Yes. That's what I thought. I didn't get the memo. Honey didn't get the memo. You know what? I'm always prepared, though. Here we go. Here we go. Was she about to rock the BC Pigeons? I mean, Eagles? Yep. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. There we That's go. Anyway, while Kwani while makes a wardrobe adjustment. I'm just going to um, wear the blanket. There you go. There you go. Keep nice and warm. Nice and go. warm. This edition of the podcast, there's so much to get into with, with the Celtics and the NBA and, and, and all that. Uh, and we got plenty of time for that. Um I really want to talk about Kwani and her new headshot, though. Are we? Are you serious right now? Kwani's got some great pictures, and I'm not going to spend a ton. Kwani, we're not going to spend a ton of time, but I do no. want people to go to your Twitter feed and yeah, check or them Instagram. out. Okay. Or Instagram, because they're they're great shots. And Thank please you. leave some comments because that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about the comments, but before, I just want to put that out there to the people because I just. If just, you need some entertainment for your day, you can head uh, over to the comments. Yes, yes. <laughs> got some, there's some lines I didn't even knew existed. Right. Until They're putting us on to game. Yes, yes. People trying to get into, trying to slip into the DM, yet still be kind of, sort of, kind of, but not really professional about it. Yeah. Love it. I am here yeah. for that, Kwani. I am here for that. Kwani, <laughs> as you can probably tell, Kwani had no idea. No idea this is going to be out there. Because okay. you love trolling. I should have known that was the first thing we were going to talk about. I tried, Connie, I tried to throw you some crumbs to let you know that's where we're going to go. That's All right, we have more go. important matters to talk about, the pandemic. We, we do. We do. You, we do. You're right. You're right. And when you talk about the pandemic, particularly when you're talking about the Boston Celtics, mm-hmm. they're feeling it as bad as any team in the league. You, you look back at their last game against Philadelphia, you had seven, count them, seven players in the health and safety protocol plus another three questionable who were fortunately able to play uh that led to celtics bringing back some oldies it was jason tatum in the g league as i saw on twitter i don't remember who to give credit for that yeah that was a pretty that, and then you had them at you know signing guys like like cj miles i mm-hmm. totally forgot cj's miles was like still playing in the league just it was yeah. just a couple years ago i yeah. thought he'd been gone way before that uh also justin jackson a young not quite as savvy, but both of those guys were signed to 10-day contracts. Neither played, but 
I guess, Gary, I want to just jump in with you, Gary. What the hell is going on with the NBA and all these damn players in, in health and safety protocol? I mean, this is not a good thing, G. No. Um, I just think this Omicron is, is giving people, and maybe the vaccination numbers weren't as high as we've reported before. I just tend to think that all these people aren't getting uh, COVID who are vaccinated because – you know, Jason Tatum ain't got it. He said he got vaccinated. A lot of people who uh, are getting this, just, it just seems strange that all of a sudden it's great, there's this outbreak amongst players. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, and that, that's not to say you can't get it if you're vaccinated. You can. Um, yeah. But I do think that maybe the numbers have been was a little fudged a little bit. And, you know, the league is just going to have to deal with this. You know, Adam Silver was on ESPN today saying that, it's just going to be something that goes through. It could be gone in a couple of weeks. They're just going to have to, to weather the storm, and they're not going to cancel games. They're just going to let all these cats off the street, cats in the hood, cats who's playing in the schoolyard, be right. like, "Oh, I got a shot in hell!" Like, like you know, pack our bags. We go, we go, we go, we go, we go. We, go, we got a ten day. Like that's just how it is. I'm sure a lot of former, and I'd be the same way. A lot of former players who recently retired or out of the league, decided, I'm sure, starting to work out, yeah. starting, starting to you know, call their personal trainer or call their former coach or, hey, let me go up to the high school, get some shots up. There's money out there to be made. So, uh, you know, you saw CJ Miles. I think Lance Stevenson got signed today. Yes. Gerard's yeah. buddy, close friend, Lance Stevenson got signed today by the Atlanta Hawks. So <laughs> there's opportunity. Um and people are going to take advantage. So it'll be interesting to see some of the names we see sign with teams or attempt to sign with teams. I Sherrod wrote that in his column. I'll give you a plug um, for Facebook. But the thing that concerns me, is it even worth it? Yes, we were seeing people like Isaiah Thomas get an opportunity to get back into the league. But what is the long-term gain for the league just by throwing people in just for the money grab, which is what it seems like? I think for them, it's it's about keeping the train moving. Like it's it's not even so much about like like making more money as it is sustaining what you are on tap to make. You know, when you think back to the pandemic, the NBA lost a ton of money, uh, and and it's understandable. Most organizations, most businesses suffered significant financial losses during the pandemic, and so the NBA they're trying to figure out just a way to put a bandaid on this thing, uh, so that they can get through this and, and move on. And, and you know, to, to Gary's point, you know, you are going to see more and more guys. You'd be like, damn, I didn't even know he still played basketball. I'm still so waiting for somebody to sign ISO Joe. That is what I'm waiting for. I'm still waiting for that day. When is ISO Joe going to be back in the game? Uh, and, and, you're, and you're starting to see teams. And I think what you're going to start seeing really more so as we kind of figure out this, this, this whole pattern is that, there is going to be an increased value that teams place on those guys that are in those 9, 10, 11, 12 roster spots because those guys now are going to have to start playing. You actually have to think about, like, that dude that you were planning to develop who was maybe two or three years away, he might be your starting small forward tonight. And that, to me, is is going to force GMs in the short term to kind of reassess the types of players that they're interested in. You know, rather than go after the guy who's maybe... You know, great length, uh, 19, 20 years old. You'd see him being someone who could maybe be a contributor in two or three years. You might go for the guy who probably doesn't have as much upside, maybe isn't quite as talented, but is more polished, is more plug-and-play right now for five minutes 
and add him to the mix. And, and those are some of the issues that, you know, when I think about Brad Stevens, I think about the Sixers. I mean, you know, think about what, as, as Gary pointed out, Lance Stevens is back in the game. I thought that would never happen. I thought he was a. I thought it was an absolute wrap on his career, and yet, lo and behold, here he is back in the game. So you're going to start seeing teams continue to add players that have a little bit more experience to the mix in this ten day. And to Gary's point, I mean, you could make a nice break for ten days and not even really have to play because if you look at the Celtics, they signed two guys in ten days, and guess what? They did the same thing they me, you, and Gary did. Watch the game. Only difference is. They got paid way more than we did. Well, maybe not Boston Globe money, but they got paid well. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the issue, the situation is, I think it puts a great emphasis on availability, and I think the league is saying, "Hey, if you don't have COVID and you're available to play and you've been vaccinated and boosted, then come on in." Because the dudes who are are going to be sitting for 10 days. So this is another encouragement for these guys to get vaccinated and get that booster shot to make sure they don't get this or get this a second time. So best ability, ability is availability, as, a, as they say. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's a big, yeah, like this is going to create opportunities for, I mean, look, look, the, the main G League team, I think, lost six or seven guys. I mean, they, they I mean, they're going to be literally – pulling dudes off the streets or from, you know, some of these little, you know, uh, hood leagues and some of these leagues, small leagues or whatever, or dudes overseas or dudes who are in the big three or whatever, uh, or guys sitting at home because there's a lot of players who were pushed out of the league because of this youth movement who are 32, 33, 34, who feel like they can still play and like the C.J. Myler, look, he's only 34. I mean, he's been out of the league two years, you know. Justin Jackson's been on a couple of rosters here and there. He's been released. He's kind of a guy that didn't reach his potential, but he can still play. I mean, he's played NBA games. Like, there's a bunch of dudes out there like that around the league, around who are just kind of on that precipice, who are either playing in the G League or who are sitting at home, who will take your spot and then play well enough to where you have to keep them. So these guys who are on these contracts better watch out because this is a new day, like a new, and I'm sure as much as it's a a tough time for COVID, it has created opportunities for people. They're going to make a movie about this. Some dude is going right now working at home or bagging groceries or doing whatever, selling insurance. He about to go twenty and ten in, in two weeks. Yeah, seriously. He gonna be at the gym tonight working with his old high school coach, and suddenly he gonna get signed. And watch out because these guys are gonna stick up because the NBA don't care if you gonna produce for them. You know how to do something well. You are gonna be on their roster. So just watch out. I guarantee you, three, four, five of these guys stick on roster. Yep, and that's and that's gonna be awesome to see when that happens. Because again, the, the NBA. As, as much as you, we talk about top-shelf talent and guys, there's an element of opportunity that the NBA presents every year to guy, for guys who can kind of come out of nowhere, if you will. And certainly we're in a time now where that opportunity is, is as great as we've seen it in, in, in a long, long time. Uh, I wanted to just add a little bit of clarity to the, the whole health and safety protocol thing because most of the players, just when you kind of read between the lines, are testing positive, and that's why they're going in. 
but there but are asymptomatic most, right, uh, for the most right, part. Right. But there are some exceptions. Like when LeBron James had those inconclusive tests, he was immediately put in there, but he had an opportunity to get out of that jail real quick. And I think they're going to, we're going to start seeing that become a more regular occurrence, but there's an irregularity in the test results and guys will go into the protocol and they'll be out just like that. And then there's others who are basically they're in because of contact tracing that someone who tests positive, they just happen to be in their presence or around them. And the the NBA has to figure out a a way to get folks who are kind of on the fringe with the whole COVID thing. And that is, you know, folks with contact tracing or who had inconclusive tests, figure out a way to get them back in the fold quickly when their results show that they don't have it. Uh, I I think that, you know, a little bit of the frustration that LeBron, he talked about this a couple weeks ago. And uh, I think other players in similar situations kind of feel the same way. There's, there's a, there's this balance between being cautious about bringing people back who may be infected and keeping folks who aren't infected from being on the court in a timely fashion. They, they're still trying to figure out how to navigate that. And, so, and Go ahead, Kwani. So to that point, since you bring it up, do you think that the NBA should be modeling the NFL's procedures now of waiting until someone actually has symptoms to test them? Because that's, I think, how the NFL has been able to go on for so long because, one, they have bigger rosters, but, two, they're not testing the way that the NBA is. And if the NBA wants to save money, it seems like that would be a – logical next step but i'm curious as to what you two think about that g money you got it yeah i mean that's a that's a very tough slippery slope when you start doing the whole like well you don't look like you got covid right like, exactly like that's i think that's dangerous you can still, very you can still give it to somebody um you're still contagious so that whole well, well you don't quite you're not coughing you know you don't you haven't lost your sense of smell go out there and play i think that's a a, a system that is resemblance of just a, uh, I don't want to say slavery, but just a, you know, go out there and play when you're sick mm-hmm. and, and, and make us some money. I don't think that they should do that. No, you got to take this thing seriously. It's killed 800,000 people. This is not a joke. This is not some, this is not the flu. This is not something that should be played with. Now, I don't well, we shut down the season. No, I think there's enough healthy people to continue to play. But if they got to do this kind of like open free agency thing where they open up the rosters, then this is what they're going to have to do until this thing passes. And then the restrictions, let's be honest. Last year, there was no fans. Last year, they made an announcement before the game, do not touch the ball. That's not happened at all this year. You got people sitting courtside with no, I mean, it's a joke. Like, at the garden, and I'm not blaming the people at the garden, but it's like people are like, well, don't put your mask on. Put your mask on unless you're actually eating or drinking. So people are just putting a, holding their drink like this yeah. for 15 minutes, and then, oh, I'm actively drinking. No, you're not. Like, you're actively eating. Like, it's, I see dozens and dozens of people at the garden without a mask or with the mask on their neck that doesn't do any good. It's not protecting you to put it on your neck. And sitting here like this with a drink. And it's just like, to me, it's, it's, you know, circumventing the system. And you see people courtside, no masks. You see people touching the ball. Hey, throw it back on the court. Like, we are going, we're going back to the Wild West again before the pandemic. You wonder why this stuff is spreading. You wonder why this is happening. Like, it's, we're not taking the precautions. The league lightened up. 
because things are getting back to normal and fans are allowed back in the arena. And it's fun to have fans in the arena. I'm not saying ban the fans, but the mask wearing is not being enforced. This actively eating and drinking thing is being taken advantage of. It's a joke. People are just holding their beer like this and Mm -hmm. sitting there and with their mask on. Like that's not, you know, you could do that. Take a seat. You could do that. We've all had to do that. You all, we're at the on press row. You take a drink of water. You put the mask back up. You don't pull the thing down and sit there with the water for twenty minutes and sip it like a uh, like we're you know having tea with the queen and you know for thirty. We don't do that. So the league has to start making these real restrictions. The players have to start following them. You know. And everyone needs to follow them. And if you're going to let fans into the arena, you got to make sure they follow them. Having a video with the player saying, wear a mask, is cute, is not working. And to add to that, the TD, again, not to blame the TD Garden staff because I know they're overwhelmed, but I would also add the fact that when they're checking your vaccination card, how are they even confirming whether or not it's real? When I went to the game a few days ago, they just briefly looked at it and I got in and, I'm not like I know that mine is real, but so you brought your fake vaccination card, huh? So you brought your fake vaccination card? No, yeah, actually, I just want to go on the record and say that. No, but I imagine there are people going in with fake ones, and they're just flashing it by and running in, and it's like, how are we even going to make sure that the people that are getting in are protected? Yeah, but it's it's not all that different than when you go to a club or a bar and you flash your ID. That's valid, yeah. It's supposed to be real. They're looking at it like it looks real, yeah. but they really don't know if it's real. Well, they you can know, scan it, though. That's the difference. Yeah. But the, but the thing, the thing I'll, I'll say about, about this is that this, as, as much as we, you know, and again, we're talking about basketball, but there's a, there's a much bigger, broader issue at, at hand here, and this is just the American way. When there are rules that we don't particularly care for, we try to skirt them. We try to navigate around them. We try to find that shortcut. So, because we don't want to do what we are told we're supposed to do. We, we've seen this, and we're, we're talking about COVID, but we, we could talk about a lot of things in life where that's been the case. And to, to your point, yes, we should be more vigilant about you know trying to make sure that we are protecting one another and things of that nature. But let's not act as if this is a surprise or unexpected or just like, oh, my God, I can't believe that folks – are like not doing what they're supposed to do, even though all the medical science says that if you do X, Y, Z, one, two, three, you lessen the likelihood of this really bad end result. Uh, we don't care about that stuff because at the end of the day, most folks in this country, most fans in this country, they want to do what the hell they want to do. And if you don't like that, that's just what it is. You don't like that. That doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to cater to what should be the norm and it's 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 frustrating because you you know that that's a big part of why things have been prolonged even though we're one of the most advanced civilizations in the world the united states we're like damn near we're like the freaking sacramento kings of immunization when it when you look at us compared to other countries i mean we are in the league but we we're at the back of the line uh, and, and so it's, 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 it's frustrating, but understandable because it's as, as much as people don't want to embrace it, it's just kind of who we are as, as Americans. 
So, yeah. I hate when we go geopolitical because uh, yeah. I, I just, it just, make, it just makes me cringe. Uh, but I'd it much shouldn't rather- be political. That's the issue. I think the fact that the government has had to intervene in this global pandemic for all of the countries, really, that's why people feel as though, well, you have to be of a specific party to subscribe to a specific thing. But the reality is that this virus is killing people. So it shouldn't have anything to do with whether you vote Democrat or Republican. It should just matter. Do you care about your fellow, fellow human being and not wanting I'm gonna to take die? A line, I'm going to take a line from the great Michael Jordan. COVID kills Republicans, too. Mm. Like, oh, wow. You know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I'm, you're right. I don't understand the political aspect of it. When I when I um, tweet about the, la- the lackadaisical restrictions on masks at the garden, people, another former journalist was like, "Oh, here comes the mask narc." Call me a narc. I'm like, "Okay, it's wow. 1977." Like, what are we talking about, Starsky and Hutch? Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell Huggy Bear, but it's like, look that up, Kwani. I know. Uh, yeah, a, that one went over my head. It's like, yeah, okay. yeah, you got you know, you know, you know, Gary, I, I saw the, I saw the train just going past. Kwani was just like, yeah, Kwani, like, who's that? Who starts being? Who the hell is that? Okay. No food. Huggy bear. No, no idea. Just Google it for these nineties folks. Anyway, um, people are turning this into it's like, no, you want people to be safe. It's been proven that masks. If 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 they want didn't want us to wear masks, they would tell us not to wear masks. Like, I just don't understand this whole like I'm not wearing a mask. I refuse to. Or I'm gonna sit one with a, one around my neck the entire day, or people getting in your face and want, hey, want to talk like, can you put a mask on? Like it's 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 crazy, but it's just like it's like we're dealing with kids here. And you gotta tell them three or four or five times, put your mask on. It's unfortunate, but I think the NBA wanted so bad to get back to normal, to have the good old days, and I think they went a little too fast. They did. And and but I I can understand why they did because again the the financial losses that they were suffering the, the trickle down effect of that I mean we're, we're talking about the NBA but you're also talking about players you're talking about concession workers you're talking about people on the streets I mean the trickle down impact of when the NBA and professional leagues are not able to do business as usual is ginormous and so I totally understand why they would want to as best they can fast track. Uh, because they, really the, the easiest way to address this would be to shut the league down, which I don't think the NBA will do. I don't think it's something that they're even contemplating doing. Uh, and In fact, the, the idea that we're going to have a bunch of 10-day contracts, it, it just makes me think of that whole Oprah thing where you get a 10-day, you get a 10-day, you get a 10-day. Oh, yeah. The 10 days aren't necessarily intended to give guys an opportunity to showcase their skills. They're to get the league through the damn season. Exactly, this is, yeah. That's literally the only reason why they are allowing this to happen. That's why they're not allowing – they're making it so that it doesn't have a, a significant impact on the salary cap because, you know, that's the first thing NBA teams are like, now, how is this going to affect my bottom line? I don't mind paying him, you know, X amount of dollars for 10 days, but damn, how is that going to limit me at all with what I could do financially going forward? And the, the NBA has made it very, very comfortable for teams to bring in an Isaiah Thomas, to bring in a Tyler Johnson or a CJ Miles or my guy, Lance Stevenson, back in the game. And they can do that without the, the fear and repercussions from a financial standpoint of it limiting what they can do going forward. But, you know, the, the thing that I, I wanted to kind of pivot to a little bit is just, just talking about the Celtics specifically and how they're dealing with this. Because, you know, they've added a couple of guys, you know, because 
of just health and safety, but neither of them has played. But I'm just curious, how do you think that they, not the Celtics, but just the players that have been able to play, how they've been able to manage this? Because the one thing I have noticed is that Jason Tatum, for example, he's among the league leaders of minutes played this year. You look at Brooklyn, they've got a couple of guys who are in that category as well. And there is literally no talk. It's like Cricketsville, USA, when it comes to our guys playing too many minutes. It, do you, I mean, do, do you think this is something that may come back to bite a team like Boston, a team like Brooklyn, uh, when you have some of your core guys playing so many minutes because you literally have so few bodies that you can throw out there and expect something decent from? I do because, if you, one, you need them for the playoffs for that. And the, I think the biggest issue with the Celtics now is the fact that they've already been so inconsistent. They don't necessarily have a good approach to any game that they've played so That's far. That's real. That's real. So for you to keep rotating in and out, players in and out, Tatum's the one that's now literally holding this team on his back. I think it's unfair to him, but it's unfair to the rest of the roster. It's unfair to the coaching because they're already confused and now you're just adding all types of confusion. And I feel, I'm having deja vu because I think at the right before, right when the league started back up again, we were having this conversation about whether or not players would be available enough for their teams. And now we're starting to see that all over again. It's like we're going backwards and no one has figured out a viable solution. And moving forward, that's why I don't think this is going to work. And I've been very vocal about the shut it down. And I know it seems a little rash, but it might be the best way to just regroup once again. I know we don't want to get to a point where we stop sports again. The NHL has already said that they're going to postpone some games. Why not do the same thing, postpone it, whether it's two weeks three weeks. I know we all want our Christmas game, but this might be the thing that can help slow that spread that's going on within the league. But I want to hear what Gary says. <laughs> well, I feel like um, the, I'm not really worried about the minutes thing. I mean, Tatum's going to play a lot anyway. You know, he's young. You know, this is a way it's, it's a new NBA. It's a new generation. I mean, it's a new reality in the NBA. The old management, the taking the games off, you know, you gotta get out there and play. And with this pandemic, it has changed everything. Um, so I don't have an issue with that. I don't think you should be- shut down the season. I don't think it's bad enough yet. I think if you get through this kind of spread, because obviously I think, you know, I think there's as many cases in New York as there ha- ever has been. Like, for whatever reason, this new strain, Omicron, is, it's, just, it's not, it doesn't seem to be as, as deadly, quote unquote. I don't wanna say that, but it doesn't seem, but it just seems to be spreading. So just wait till everyone kind of gets it. Because I had it in January. Everybody, not Omicron, but just COVID. Like, you know, I don't know if I'm more protected or whatever. But I just think once everybody gets it, because it's, it's like it's going to be, in a sense, comparable to the flu. Or once you get it, you know, you, you just it's a, it's a little different the second time. I just think you've got to just weather the storm here. It's a bad time of year. It's winter. People are visiting, traveling in the house. Here comes Christmas. The NBA's biggest day of the year in terms of making money and generating uh, revenue and interest is Christmas Day. Um, but I just think you tr- just try to get through this. I mean, it is what it is. It's a tough time. It kind of, you know, came out of nowhere for the league where last year, we, we last month it was fine. It was back to normal. Now this month, I, I just think you just try to weather the storm and get through it. Now, if it's just constant, if it just keeps going, um, then I think, okay, you, you might have to, to, to huddle up and make a decision um, about this. I mean, and, and, and hopefully, 
that doesn't happen. Hopefully, the players who aren't vaccinated get vaccinated. Hopefully, uh, we return to some of the restrictions that we had to prevent this and not kind of loosen up as we did, and we just get rid of this and move on. Well, I can tell you what can help over the holiday stretch to get through this. BetOnline.ag. Make a little money. There's nothing that can help get you through times of turbulence than making a little bit of money. And BetOnline has you covered this holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. As football continues, it's March through the playoffs. you got the college bowl season in full effect. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all sports action this season. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today for the 50% welcome bonus with the promo code CLNS50. BetOnline, where the game starts. And for the Celtics, for them... As Gary pointed out, during the holiday season, they're going to be one of the teams that's going to be on the floor on Christmas Day. Uh, they're playing the Milwaukee Bucks, which is the defending NBA champion Milwaukee Bucks. Now, I'm not really sure what to think about Milwaukee because, they, like a lot of teams, they haven't been whole. Part of that is because of health and safety protocols, but also part of it is because of injuries and illness. What are you expecting to see on Christmas Day from the Bucks? And the Celtics. Who's going to be playing? Yeah. yeah I mean, is Giannis going to be out of the protocol? I just think at this point, you just have to hope for competitive, hard-playing games. And it's just a crapshoot on who's going to play. We don't know. I mean, obviously, Christmas Day is not going to be what it used to be in terms of the star power. There's going to be someone who's not going to be playing. And you know, you just have to hope that it's a good competitive game. Last night was a good competitive game. It was a fun game to watch um, between the Sixers and the Celtics. So, you know, you just have to hope that it just remains that way. The quality of the, of the play uh, remains the same. And I said, you're going to have guys out there you've probably never heard of, or you got to do a little research on Google, or what did they go to college, or I sort of remember them. Was oh, that a Division three school? Or they, oh, that dude from Summer League in 2018, mm-hmm. like, that's how it's just going to be. I mean, you know what? That's going to sharpen our basketball acumen because at this point, we don't have any other options. We're going to have to look at Isaiah Joe or some of these guys, you know, uh, you know Justin Jackson. Charles Mason. Yeah, like, oh, I'm a member, oh, I remember that dude in college. That's exactly because a lot of these guys are playing somewhere that we remember that who are good in college. They somewhere playing. Whether it's the G League, we don't do it. What we don't do enough is get a good look at the G League games. They have them on occasionally. You can follow them online or whatever. We don't. There's a lot of names in the G League. You know, our friend Carson Edwards, you know, Tremont Waters. There's guys who are grinding in the G League right now. Who are you know? I, I looked last night. I bet you. you know, so I'm going to make a prediction. Um, uh, Leandro Ball was hooping last night for the. Uh, I think it's a Greensboro team. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. he's a free agent. Somebody's going to want to take a chance. Uh, somebody's going to sign that kid. He's going to be a third ball brother in the league. I know he's in Charlotte. I don't think he's on Charlotte. Right, Charlotte's have the rights to him. He's not on a two-way. I saw him last night. You know, like, 
playing in the G League. So there's a bunch of guys who are grinding that we're going to hear about over the next few weeks that we're going to do our research. And I think it kind of makes it fun. Now, this, this whole situation ain't fun, but I think it's cool that these guys get a shot to play in the NBA. And like I said, it could be a movie. It could be Rudy, you know, the, another version of Rudy. It could be a move, a, a move where somebody finally makes the NBA after working hard, being 30 years old. Like, there was a kid, the guy from the Lakers a couple of years ago, Andre... Owen, something like that, who ended up playing for the Lakers when they had, a bunch, yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and they had a bunch of injuries, and he ended up making his dream come true. Like, this is that where the world is at now. We're not, you know, like, this is what we got to deal with. Like, it's it's sport, because do we want to go back to where all sports were shut down? We was all looking, we was all watching the first, <laughs> the last dance. Like, it was literally. Like, the like, only sports we got. Yeah, like, it was like, oh, my God. I can't wait till it comes on next week. Like we was watching, watch like, it again. Like, like insecure the wire or something. Like let's let's not. You know, I don't want to get back. I don't want to go back to that. If I got to take college ball games and NBA guys, we're not quite NBA level, but trying their hardest. I'll take it. And some college. Well, I'll take. Yeah. I mean, I I don't want to go back to those those times either. But listen, <laughs> if, if folks can like check out Harlem with Megan Good, um, oh, that's yeah. a good thing. That show, Who put Gary. you on to that show? Who put you on to Quani, it? Quani, Quani, that, that was a Kwani. Kwani hat with the Kwani on that one. It's a great I, show. What show? I went through all, I went through all the episodes. Yeah. On Amazon Prime. It's a... Harlem? It's like a black rom-com slash... It's every category. It's just like... I think it's similar to Insecure where you finally see a lot of black representation in different areas. And I just... It's like Insecure meets life. Sex in the City. Yes. Oh, that is a really good yes. Okay, let me ask you this one. Does yeah. Insecure really represent like black women? Do you I mean, is that really how y'all roll? So I will say Insecure one represents a portion of what life in LA is. Because as someone that doesn't live there, I can't say that every black woman in every city has the same kind of movements and vibes. But I think there are a lot of similarities when you look at the characters of specifically Issa and her friend Molly in the show, they both have independent Black women, a lot of it either to the point where with Molly, it's self-destructive at times, but then with Issa, it's a little too careless and a little too spontaneous. And I think they do capture a lot of what I think the millennial, independent, young Black woman is going through right now, especially when you look at the dating aspect of the show too. It's I think very representative of Boston as well. <laughs> I like Harlem. Yeah, I like Harlem's Harlem. Good. But the, but the, here's the thing: I, I like Harlem in doses. I don't want that to be the only damn thing I can watch on TV. Which that's if we were to shut, if we're going to have a shutdown, that's kind of what tends to happen. It shows that yeah. you would just kind of be part of the playlist. All of a sudden, they become the main entree of which. Yeah. And I just I, I don't want to go back to that. And I don't think we have to go back to that. I I think the NBA is doing, I, I think for the most part, they're doing the right thing uh, as, as far as trying to keep the train moving because that's really what this is about. Uh, but the one thing that I, the more I think about what the NBA is doing and how this is playing out is we're in the moment right now with all that's going on. But how are we going to look back at the NBA these last two, three years, five, ten years from now? Are we going to look at, like, the champions with a side eye, like, you know what? They won a championship, but damn, they won a championship when two of the top three players on the other team were out 
because of health and safety protocol. Yeah. Or, so we, we've always – injuries have always been one of the wild cards when you talk about winning a championship. But now you've got injuries and you've got the potential of having guys out for health and safety reasons, even though they may very well be simply – literally out because they were in the wrong place at the wrong time around someone who tested positive. And those are some of the things that I, I, I just wonder, how are we going to look back on this time in the NBA uh, years from now? Are we going to look, are we going to like basically, yes, the Milwaukee Bucks won a championship, but do we look at that as, yeah, but they won a championship because this, that, and the other, the Lakers won it in the bubble. Yeah, but it was in the bubble. Are we going to give those championships, those champions, the respect that, a championship team deserves historically. I think when we look back on people that we consider great, there's always that factor of, and I'm, I'm talking players specifically because it's always the player first and how they were able to bring out the greatness, whether it's from themselves or their teammates. Obviously the more recent examples, LeBron James, LeBron and how he's been able to go to different cities and still perform and produce and, sometimes uplift the people around him to get to that point. And yeah, I know Iman Shumper went in on him about that though. Talked about how he ruined the game. Amon Shumper, uh, one oh, of his former teammates. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I, I think overall, I understand why people will be skeptical, but I think true greatness is being able to defy all of that and still win. And even with Giannis, like everyone discounted him. I think he's still going to be considered one of the greatest players not of all time, like not the GOAT, but like a great player in NBA history. But people still underestimate the fact that he went went into Milwaukee during a pandemic, had to be able to empower his teammates and really carry that team and not even only carry it by itself, but win a championship as well. So I think when you look at the last two years, the last two champions already, I think there's already, if not an inspiring story, but one of perseverance. And again, despite the fact that we were in a global pandemic, Yes, other teams may not have been at full strength, but that doesn't mean they were always at full strength either. So I think that it is an unfair argument to say, well, you know, it was just in the bubble or you guys didn't travel that much. Whatever the excuses, I think it still should count. Yeah, I don't think the, the league will be reflected on, because look at the lockout year, in 1999 when the, the Spurs won. All right. Look that up, Kwani. Okay, you know what? Um, <laughs> Uh, the Spurs won in the lockout years, 50 games. The eighth-seeded Knicks made a run to the finals. Um, I don't think people like, oh, you know, that's an asterisk from the Spurs championship. I don't think the Lakers won in the bubble. They did. Miami, you could blame injuries like Miami had Bam Adebayo and Goran Dragic out for, you know, last year. Brooklyn had Kyrie and uh, Al and James Harden playing on one leg. I think you could always look back. At and, that, find an excuse. and find injuries in any year to be like, oh, if this team was completely healthy, you know, I'll go back to the 89 series, um, the Pistons of the Lakers and Magic's hamstring, Byron Scott, or whatever. So they had two starters out, and the Pistons beat them like a drum. So, I mean, I, that doesn't take away from the Pistons being dominant and winning a championship. Um, but injury, Magic didn't play, I think, in, a, in the last two games of that series. Um, so, I think that's part of it. The COVID thing, I don't think people will look back. I think people understand that this might be the toughest thing these guys go through, the health and safety, getting tested every day, not able to go out when they're on the road, not even be able to, you know, you don't have the kind of life you used to have before this where you could have a nightlife, you could go out, you could go to dinner, 
you could walk the streets, you could hang in the neighborhoods uh, of the cities on the road or whatever you used to do. And I'm not talking about partying necessarily, but you could go out, you could have dinner, you could do what you know people do, young people do. And now you really can't do that. So I, don't, I think there's no asterisk there. I think that we'll reflect on these times 10 or 15 years from now. It's like, wow, I can't believe we made it through that. And I can't believe, you know, and, and give these guys, uh, you know, awards and so their troopers for going through this as opposed to like, oh, well, it, you know, y'all didn't have, because the finals last year, both teams were pretty much at full strength, the Bucks and the Suns, right? Except uh, Dario Sark was out with the Suns. And remember, uh, Giannis had that knee injury in, in the Eastern Conference uh, finals against Atlanta. And people didn't right. even come back, you know, when putting 50 balls and winning with MVP. So, you know, I don't think any, I don't think this will be reflected on it with anything less than a real championship. Yeah. And Gary, you you threw out a name there that we we hadn't had on the, on on the talk about, but we need to talk about him. Your boy, Kyrie Irving. Oh. Guess who's back? Back again. Kai me, excuse me, Kyrie Irving. So, Jerry, Brooklyn obviously did a bit of a 180 from we're not going to have him back until he's full, can be a full participant. And now it's, well, you know, welcome back, Kyrie. Part time, Kyrie. Which, I mean, yeah, I mean, how, how, do you, how do you process that, Gary? I mean, it, I mean, is it a good thing that they welcomed him back? Is it a hypocritical thing that they welcomed him back? How do you? process what Brooklyn did in welcoming him back, even though the terms that he's coming back on are his and not the ones that they laid out that they would have upon his return. I'll just say this. I don't know whether Kyrie's reputation will ever be the same. I don't know if he'll ever be viewed by his teammates as the same. Because, like, you know, he, like, bro, you walked out on us. Like, we're grinding – you know, hey, we ain't crazy about getting shot up with the vaccine vaccine and the booster. We're not crazy about that. We did everything we could because we were trying to win a championship. And you do this whole, you know, whatever he's, you know, things on, representing the people and, and all that. A man, you know, he's going to do this man of the people stuff. And I'm going to speak for the those who can't speak. And I'm going to have a voice for those who, who are, are muted and all that stuff. And you help watch your team get their ass whooped on certain nights and play hard and, and go through a season and you just sit at home chilling, like, that's just not right. I, I think, I just don't know how his teammates look at him with the same. I mean, they'll play with him, they'll cooperate, and they'll slap, you know, they'll be part, they'll be part, welcome back to the family, but it's always like, you know, that family member who, you know, stole from grandma or something like that. I mean, like, like you, yeah, you good, but you ain't really all the way good. You ain't never getting in like that. You ain't never getting back the full trust of your teammates, your full trust of the of, your, of, of the league. Because remember, he's up for an extension, okay? Do the Nets say, you know, hey, we bring you back at a max? What is his reputation around the league as not a dependable player? We don't know how much Kyrie loves the game. And he can tell us he loves the game. And when he's on the floor, he shows us he loves the game, but there's never been a time since he's left Cleveland where it's been like he's been a grinder. I'm going to play through this injury. I'm going to go do this. 
I'm a, I'm a, I'm a be like James Harden. I'm a, I'm a play on one hamstring. Mm-hmm. You know, we can say a lot about James Harden. Okay, you can't say he don't love the game and he don't want to play. You yeah. can say he might get out a little bit much. You party. A bit. Uh, you know, you can say things about his off the court, and I'm not saying that much. It's not terrible. We've never been in trouble, anything like the that. The timing has been really Legend. bad. He's yeah, the timing has been really bad. Like, but, you know, NBA you, Finals, Conference Finals, that's not the time to kick it with your home. No, it's not time to go to South Beach. But, um, but they do it on a regular, let's be honest. But you can't but you can you can't challenge his love for the game and his desire to go out there with one leg in that Eastern Conference Finals. Um, sorry, semifinals against the Bucks and play, and, to, and he really couldn't do what he could usually do. So I think with Kyrie, Kyrie sprains his ankle and sits out the rest of the playoffs, and then he gets healthy, and then all of a sudden it's like, it's like how much do you want to play? I think that's what the league is asking. That's what everyone's going to be asking him. Now remember, Kyrie turns 30 in a couple of months. So he's not young Kyrie. I'm not saying he can't. He's out of the league. or He can play as long as Chris Paul. He can play. But point guards, you, ain't, you don't see too many 36, 37-year-old point guards out there. Okay, eventually Kyrie's going to lose a step. Eventually his effectiveness is going to wane. Like, how much does the league trust him? And the league has moved on without him, obviously. I love seeing Kyrie play. I love seeing his skill set. When he's on, he's on. I've never seen a guy... Pre-game, work so hard on his craft. Bacon, little floaters off the glass. He practices all that, okay? I don't doubt his his love for the game. I doubt how much he wants to really play and go through the rigors of being an NBA player. I don't mm-hmm. think Kyrie Irving loves being an NBA player, loves the life, loves it. I think he wants to do other things, which is fine, okay? There's guys that retired and written books, become artists. Become, you know, start singing and rapping, whatever it is, right? I mean, look at Amon Shumper winning Dancing with the Stars. Yeah. But you, the league is going to look at Kyrie now and be like, well, you know, we don't need a dude going to come in here and play 43 games over some ailing stuff. And you don't need a guy who's going to just walk out for two weeks. So I think he's damaged directly his reputation. Um. But who knows, if he leads Brooklyn to the finals and the championship, maybe he gets it back. But see, that's just it, Gary. That's the only path that he can take that will make this right. Uh, When I I was in Detroit and and Larry Brown was was the coach, one of the things Larry uh, said to me, and it 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 has stuck with me all these years, is that, oh, stop, Gary. Stop (laughs) it. This is a poignant moment that I'm having here. Can you just can you just hold it together? I thought that role was good. Remember the Cosby Show when Bill Cosby used to be like, "Let me tell you a story," and then all feel and all here we go. Oh gosh! Can you just hold it together so I can get this 10 second moment? Go ahead. Ten seconds on the clock. Twenty four. One of the things that Larry said was that. You can't have success without sacrifice. And the guys who understand that. What that was in Billy D. Williams said mahogany. I don't know. I just know the little guy named Larry Brown told me that. And I'm and I'm repeat what he said. But but knowing Larry, he probably saw the mahogany. Hey man. We cool. Larry cool like that. Larry's cultured like that. But his point was that 
that Celt that Pistons team and the teams that he's had that have won and teams that he's been around that won. At some point, your best players had to give themselves in a way that they didn't want to do. They had to give up something that cost them in a way that was to their their own personal detriment, but it was to the benefit of the group as a whole. And that's the issue I think I have with Kyrie. I think Kyrie loves the game, and I think he wants to win. But he wants to do those things on his terms and his terms only. And if his terms conflict with those of his teammates, of those of the organization, of those of the NBA, he's going to just take his basketball and go. He's going to have an injury. He's going to, you know, be fighting for the people, you know, in the bubble, even though he wasn't healthy enough to play. But, you're, but players, you guys should think about not playing in a bubble, if you, but you are healthy enough to play. Often he's a, often he to me he's the victim of having the right message but being the wrong messenger to deliver it. But what's happening now in Brooklyn? Again, there is no way I can see this being made right unless they win a championship. That to me, because if they get to the finals and come up short, if they get, you know, don't and if they get short, if they don't even get to that point, this is a failure. And to your point, Gary, he is getting older. And I look at him and the things that he does, and then I look at a guy like John Morant and think, well, damn, John Morant, he's pretty damn good. And to your point, Gary, about him and Chris Paul, the difference, the biggest difference between him and Chris Paul, more than anything else, forget about stats, Chris Paul makes teams better. Un, that is irrefutable. You, if Whether you are Mr. Analytics and you want to look at the numbers, the eye test tells you that, the analytics tell you that, he makes teams better. Does Kyrie Irving make teams better? On paper, he does, but well, if, if, but when I think about that question, I think about the point that Gary made earlier about availability. When he's available to play and he wants to lock in, teams can be better. But the lasting image that folks around here have is of that of, of that that game five against Milwaukee, where statistically speaking, it was the absolute worst playoff game Kyrie Irving has ever had. And when you go back and you look at that that game, because I've done this at least six, seven times, there were shots that he missed that I've never seen him in his life miss. Shots that it almost felt as though you have to be making an effort to miss those shots in order to miss them. Uh, And you should never feel that way about a player with his kind of talent. And so there's anything short of a championship and Kyrie's tenure in Brooklyn will be a failure. And if that is the case, they're going to have to think long and hard. Do you want to keep this guy around long term? Because he is not as committed to doing the sacrificial things for success as everyone else around. I think back to Marcus Martin here in Boston, where Marcus made it pretty damn clear on media day. He really didn't want to take the shot, but he knew he had to do that for the team. He knew it would become a big deal if he didn't. It would become something that would be a distraction. It would be something that became an issue that he didn't want to bring to his teammates, that he didn't want to bring to the organization. And whether you agree or disagree with his point, you have to respect his position because his position was about them, not me. And that's the issue with Kyrie. That's why when people make the reference Kai me Irving, it just rolls off the tongue because a lot of what he does is about him. And last time I checked, when you win a championship, if that's your mindset, guess what? 
you ain't winning the damn chip. It doesn't work that way. It just doesn't work. This ain't tennis where you go out there and you just got – it's just you, the yeah, ball, and the racket, and the other person. You can do it. That's all about you. Five on five. Not four on five. Not three on five. Not one on five. It's a five on five game. This all just ties back to the point that you both made about this is probably the first and last time in the NBA where everyone will be able to get a shot, like whether you're in the G League or playing overseas. I think it's on the scouts to be able to find some of the people that they can sign and really have a breakout season. But if people like Kyrie, as talented as he is, are not willing to sacrifice some things for the game, there are so many people that are going to get an opportunity that would have never had it before. And I think that's maybe the the beauty that comes from this entire situation, that there's somebody, maybe more than one player out there, that's really going to get a shot and is going to show how hungry they are to play game in and game out. And I think in the long run, the fan went out because we get to see basketball with people that are motivated and not taking playing in the league for granted too. Yeah, and you got guys, I mean, you got guys like Isaiah Thomas who has been just thirsty to get back in the league. Yeah, First game out, he gets 19 points in 22 mm-hmm. minutes. Next game, I think he had like maybe 16 or something like that. But those are the guys that are going to find a way to, to frankly, make that 10-day into another 10-day, make that next 10-day into a, a year contract. And who knows? Are you going to get the brakes truck? No. No, no. <laughs> but you will, but you will get, but here's, you will get a direct deposit on the 1st and the 15th. I love that for them. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I don't get that. <laughs> that means you get a regular check. You're not getting a big brick truck coin. You're getting a regular okay. check on the 1st and the 15th. That's all. Uh, okay. I'll take it. Speaking of giving. Oh, yeah. It's that time of year. <laughs> My cash app is Kwani Lunas. Dollars. I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. She's not kidding. She is not kidding. She, she, that's, that's that she's not kidding. In fact, I'm surprised, you don't, I'm surprised Kwani didn't have like, like uh, the ring that runs across the string. Like, I should have thought of that. Ugh, I failed. I'm just, obviously you fail. It's, it's, it's all that adulation from your, from your new profile pic, Kwani, going to your head. You know what? I can't. All right, finish your point. I'm sorry, I interrupted with my shenanigans. But, here, but here's the thing. It's the giving season, obviously, and, and the Celtics, God knows, they need lots of stuff. They need lots of stuff. That's true. Now, if you could give them one gift as a team, uh, what would that gift be to them? Hmm. <laughs> well, my joke answer was going to be a vaccine, but, like, I think most funny. It is funny because I do think, to Gary's point earlier, people did fudge some numbers somewhere. There's no way that this outbreak has gone on the way it has with that. Whatever. Uh, actual real answer would be, which I don't, it's not tangible, but just consistency. A consistent offense, a consistent roster that Eme can work with and hopefully get to the playoffs, which is the goal for them, of course. Mm-hmm. What about you, G? Um, consistency is a good idea. Um, just, I would just say a chance for them to figure out who they are, like whether it's just a healthy roster, to figure out if they're just straight up an average team, because right now they're average. They've been average for a year and a half now, almost. 15 and 16 this year, 36 and 36 last year, like they're... Two steps forward, two steps back. One step forward, one step back. Like they just keep 
shooting themselves in the foot. Um, so I would think that, you know, good health, Jalen healthy, Robert Williams not missing games. Like I thought last night was big. Like I thought, I thought, and I'm not, I, I'm not, I don't know what Robert's going through. So who knows? I'm not challenging that, but they really needed him last night. Yeah. Like Al's out and whatever personal reasons, and that just affects the organization. Like we can we count on you to be there in the time where you need we need you to play 40 minutes. Because instead they had to play in his freedom 40 minutes. Right? And that's Joel, bad. And Joel and B went for 41. And I'm not blaming Ennis in terms of he tried, um, he did everything he's supposed to do because it was just one of those nights Embiid's jumper was on. There's times his jumper ain't on. But he's got such a good touch. I mean, his jumper was on. He, I think he's, it was 14 free, uh, field goals, nine were hit outside the paint. So he had nine jumpers, right? Um, you know, so it wasn't like he was just taking them to the rim and just, you know, he had a little couple layups. But, you know, just the availability, good health. I said, Robert Williams can't miss last night's game. Like, and I understand it could be a family thing. It could be totally – I'm not saying he – Lying or anything like that. Don't get me wrong. Much whatever he's going through, but that's just so kind of expected. Like the big game, we need Rod to put log forty to put us on our back to do the Celtics, and boom, he's a late scratch for personal reasons. Like you know that that, and so we're uh, as fans and media, we got to see in his freedom, and then they try, you know, Bruno Fernando, like. That's the thing. You got to have available players. Jalen, if you can stay healthy with that hamstring, um, I think that would be what I would give him. Because we still, in a sense, we really don't know how good they can be. I don't think they're going to be on the level of Milwaukee or Brooklyn, but I don't think they're 15 and 16 either. They might not be that much better. But I think if you get Robert Williams in there last night, they probably win that game. Um, and let's see what happens if, with good health. That would be my guess. Okay. Titans to all. I'm just I'm just gonna say right now, um, y'all gifts suck. Y'all 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 from that that fruit basket, fruit cake class. No, let me tell you what they need. What are you getting them? Since this, you're this so, you know what I would get them. So, I would tell you what? this. This is an I'm gonna get them an enjoyable gift, something that they would actually have some fun with. You know what I'm gonna get them? A bottle Gary. of Casamigos. What's that? A bottle of Casamigos. That'd be <laughs> I like that. I like that. I actually I'd want that gift for myself, to be honest. So okay. no, I, I would get I would get them a, a gift that they would not expect. And and Gary What is the gift? I'm gonna tell you if you just give me a chance, Quan and Lupe. Damn. It's stressing me out. Oh, Gary, <laughs> yes, it's a hostile environment. Do you remember, do you remember someone by the name of Miss Cleo? Yeah. Oh gosh, I know. I okay, would, I'm young and I remember that too. I was, I would give them a year subscription do to Miss Cleo, and I know Miss Cleo bless her soul. She passed away about five, six years ago. I know that, but she still lives on. Because here's the thing: her whole thing is about seeing into the future. Having an idea of what's around the corner before you get there, I would love to see what this team can do when they actually have a clue as to what they're getting into. Because right now, 
everything they're doing is on the fly. Everything they're doing is just kind of random. And there's no real compass that they can work with that they can pivot to and from in order to be successful and figure out what they need to do. Like, it would be nice if they would have known in advance that they would not have Rob for this game. You might have, I don't know, try to maybe call up a guy like Luke Cornette who can't defend and be, but he can stand so stretch the four and give you another body. They need to have some element of insight that goes beyond what's in front of them. And that is what, to me, you're you're not going to be able to win when everything you're doing is random, when everything you're doing is reactionary, when everything you're doing is simply just trying to figure out how to get from day one to day two. You need to have some element of insight into what's likely to happen around the corner, which probably you need to work on. And that is where my girl, Miss Cleo, would have been a tremendous benefit to this crew. She would have given that insight they needed. It's a, a, a subscription to a psychic. That's she also game. was a scammer, so like they would have been scammed, and then the Lakers would have yeah, won. Like none of this is adding up. Psychic? I don't. She was real, Kwani. Stop that blasphemy. See, I'm, I ain't Gary, messing with that. Gary, she's from your hood. Gary, she's from LA. Stick up for your girl. I'm not messing with that. No, I ain't messing with that gift. I would at least say like the Dion Warwick Psychic Network, the Psychic Friends Network. Oh, so wait. So, so Gary, so in other words, someone who does that as a living is less reputable than a Grammy Award winning artist who's doing this as her side hustle? Yes, yes. She just got her masters, by the way. Don't mess with Dion Warwick. She's funny on Twitter, by the way. I don't know if you follow her. She's hysterical. She's hysterical. Hilarious. Or whoever runs her account. Hilarious. She does. She's talked about it before. She's she's good. In any event, yeah, so your gift is a year long to a site. Because I, I need them to get them through, and it's, a, it's only for a year because I need to get them through this year. So hopefully they will they will have a normal NBA season in 2023. That's what I'm talking about. That's a wonderful gift. That's better than that fruitcake y'all talking about. Uh, please don't play uh, Santa. Don't play Santa, and don't ever. go straight to the ghetto. Don't ever buy me a gift. Don't 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 do that. Y'all gifts are crap. Leave that to James Brown. Do not play Santa and don't go straight to the ghetto. Don't do that. Don't. Our kids do not need these terrible, a year psychic. We don't need that for our community. Oh my gosh! The worst. So Gary, what you say? This is like this is like the brand new sneakers with like four stripes instead of three. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) The Adidas with the four stripes. I'm Why? trying to give you more. Why? Do not laugh, because some of us used to get those. I know. Don't laugh, Kwani. They were not Casey's. Casey's have five stripes. Adidas have three. But there's a, a store, and my LA people will reach out to me. Kenny's Shoe Store. Kenny's, K-E-N-E-Y-S, Shoe Store. Back yeah. in the day, we used to sell the four-stripe Adidas. Okay, the four-stripe Adidas. Some stores, I didn't even know Adidas some existed. Stores like Zodis used to sell the Nikes with the swoop up, uh, upside, upside down. down. Oh yeah. god! Look, now, it's not as bad as some Haitian parents. If you got caught with them in the street, like I didn't see many of those because cats had they pride. They weren't wearing those. Yeah, but they knew better. I seen plenty of four striped Adidas. Mm. Like before Adidas got Adidas. like you could get them anywhere. Before Run DMC did the my uh, Adidas, all that. You could get Ooh. the four striped Adidas, and you were just like, 
you know, you had to rock them. Your mama was like, where are these new shoes I bought you? So, Look, right. Yeah, do not go straight to the ghetto. Do not give. Do not be saying. Don't be my four stripers. Don't be my four stripers. Get us ghetto Santa. Don't do that. Don't. I'm just going to help the kids, Santa Gary. Here at no mall. Don't make appearance of Santa. You're a terrible gift giver. A year-long subscription to a site. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's a great gift. Great gift. You say so. And this has been a great show. Great show. Great show. Kwani, we'll talk about your profile pick another day, another time. But I want to – what you got coming on NBC 10? Well, I mentioned last week on her mark, it was an end-of-the-year series special about women in sports and their accomplishments this past year. So it already aired on NBC 10, Boston. But it's that the thing you take at Northeastern, I think? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I take Look at that. With Hannah, yes. Donnelly was a producer as well. And it's going to air on NBC Sports Boston as well. I'm not sure of the exact date, but it's online if anyone wants to watch it. So just go to okay. NBC 10 Boston and type in on her mark, and you can watch it. Okay. G-Money, Mr. Boston Globe columnist, <laughs> proprietor at Kenny's Shoes back in the day. What are you? <laughs> what yeah, are you Kenny's Shoes. Anybody from L.A., email me if they remember Kenny's Shoes. I don't know if they had them all over the country. They put that in the last yeah. episode of Insecure. They used to have these shoes called the Kenny NBAs. Before the NBA was all that popular, the Kenny NBAs, that's what the four-strike Adidas were. They were called Kenny NBAs. And they used to call it the National Bubblegum Association. <laughs> and if you, and if, if, if y'all know what bubblegums mean, you don't want to wear no bubblegums, okay? If your mm-hmm. shoes are bubblegums, the dictionary that was, was, was basically a term for a knockoff shoe. Okay, so okay. okay. You're wearing them yums. He was wearing them, them bubble gums. You could not roll no bubble gum, okay? You see, just some L.A. knowledge here. Y'all. Gary, did you get picked on? Oh, God. Yes. The kid, yeah. I, had, I had a couple. He did. Still does. What are those? Because the NBA name wasn't like it is now. If you were right. on NBA shoes, Cats is one. No. Back then, NBA was like, what? Kenny yeah. NBA? What is No. You right. work, they were the four stripe. They called them the four stripe Adidas, the bubble gums. And you had, and they had the low top. They was nice, low top, suede, mm-hmm. all that. But they was four stripes. So but when you really think about it, as kids, we just made fun of people for the dumbest things. Like the shoes were probably good, durable, and we were just sitting here roasting people for no reason. Yeah. You know, <laughs> we, we was all we was all not making a goat. Our parents, you know, we were all working class folks, so. Unfortunately, you know, made fun of each other, but yeah, I mean, you couldn't, you couldn't slip with no bubble gums. You had to, you know, you or some people kept their bubble gums clean. They was fresh. They were like, hey, this, this is me. They got clowned. Right. They, they got, got clowned you know, back. You had to take it. You had to take it. But yeah, everybody I, I just, got made fun of for something. Everybody got made up fun of for something. But they did. yeah, Kenny's shoe store. God bless you. They no longer exist. Um, but that's where a lot of us got our shoes. If you went to Zodis and got the reverse swoosh Nikes, you was yeah, that was that wasn't I wouldn't even yeah, yeah that was that was out. not good. That was that the ones was off, that was the ones that would hang on the rack by the tenant by the by the shoestring. Oh. You could pick them off the rack. They weren't on racks like lined up. Oh, they yeah. like you could spin them around and you could pick, you know, like yeah, like those types. Yeah. 
Yeah, that might be worse than that fake Jordan. Y'all seen the, the fake Jordan that has like a big old stomach and he's just, they, they have sneakers like that. Have y'all seen them? It's like the Jordan logo. <laughs> I'm going to find the image because y'all believe me. People when they make knockoffs of anything and I've seen yeah. that on like product. Yeah, they used to have the reverse swoosh Nikes and the four striped Adidas, you Oof. know, you had to try to get a sale. Mama, there's a sale. Yeah. Um, to get the con or get some Converse. Converse is always acceptable in the hood. Pumas was popular, but the gangbangers wore Pumas, so you the black suede Pumas. I, 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 I Pumas was my thing. Wore those like, uh, you know, stay away. Yeah, stay away. That's the official shoe of the gangbanger growing up. But <laughs> yeah, Kenny's Kenny's shoe, Kenny's shoe, the Kenny NBA's. Now I don't know if the, when I don't know when the when the NBA's contract with Kenny shoes was expired, but it expired a minute ago. Like, you know, um, like yeah, Kenny, yeah. we love you. We're going to Nike now. Right, right. <laughs> like yeah, we Nike. got money now. We can afford <laughs> yeah. it. When David Stern <laughs> took over, things started changing. Uh-huh. It's commissioner. So yeah, what they were called. Google it, young people. The Kenny we NBA's four stripe Adidas. Anyway, that's my lesson for wow. today. Garrett Washburn with the with Professor the Washburn. historical seriously lecture. Historical you hope you learn something when you listen to the A List podcast. Not only just LA, it's not only just boys in the hood. It's a lot of other stuff to LA mm-hmm. and, and, and society and all those movies in the wood. There's a lot of stories, that, but that, that's one of them. Nice, sure. Garrett Washburn. Yes. Boston Globe columnist. Check out his work throughout the globe, and especially check out Court Sense which he puts together great content there as well. Uh, Kwani A. Lunas, NBC 10. What is the A? What's Abigail. up? Abigail, okay. Yeah. I should have known that. You should have <laughs> known that. But you knew about Kenny. Didn't know that. I can't. <laughs> and I am Ashra Blakely. This is episode 55 of the A-List podcast, the AC Earl edition. Want to feel old real quick? He was drafted the year I was born. <laughs> I didn't cover AC Earl. So I, I made don't sure to look thing. him up so I could make fun of you. Gary may have covered him. I didn't cover him. I didn't cover AC Earl. Okay. You say so. That's what he said. That's your story. Yeah. He's sticking One, to two, two things about AC Earl. One, he looked like Shock G from God Bless Him Digital Underground. So he had the best high top fade in the league for years. Nice. Like the high top, he was like kidding, like. AC was looking fresh. When he was in Iowa, he had that, and he kept that into the league for, for years. Hmm. He might still have it now. True. We need a story on his barber, to have yeah. a barber in Iowa to keep that fresh. Yeah, he had the best high-top fade in Iowa in the Big Ten, and he carried that to the NBA. That was AC's claim to fame. Well done. Well done. Hmm. I did not know that about AC. I knew about the fade, the high-top fade. I didn't realize it was... That he had that when he was in oh, college. Oh, yeah, he had that in Iowa. Yeah, he had that in college. Yeah, because I didn't pay attention to him when he was in Iowa. Yeah. Nobody paid attention other than NBA. No. That sense. All right. Another edition of the A-List Podcast in the books. Again, Gary Washburn from the Boston Globe and Kwani A. Lunas, NBC10. I am Ashra Blakely, and we will be back next week, I think, with yeah. another episode of the A-List Podcast. Stay safe. Stay healthy and happy holidays, happy Kwanzaa, and all that good stuff. Wash your hands. Wash your hands. And check out Kwani's profile pic. 
Okay. IG. It's awesome. You, you might even want to look up one All the comments. Leave all the comments you want. Leave all the comments. We're here for all the comments. Twenty want to be all up in the video. Twenty want to be all up in the video with these. So leave all the comments. We oh just might God. have a scroll of all the yeah, comments. The longest episode ending I've ever heard in my life. Well, yes. These are the new insecure. The new insecure. Kwani is auditioning for it now. So, right. you know, no. A-list podcast. We are out. <laughs>